Recorded live. Yes, folks, welcome back. Number 17 and staying strong. That's what we like, however. And yes, this is Wrestling Revisited. I'm your host, the Iceman, for a Tuesday night, 1-724-444-7444. And we'd like to say hello to our friend in the chat box. We begin the show guest to Mr. WCWS Chad Hinshaw from Trinity, North Carolina. But tonight, folks, we are back for another retro moment, if you will, however. And as always, however, the caller ID is 139926-POUND. You can join myself and my colleague tonight, Mr. GTS himself, Gerard T. Smith, as he has picked a moment like none other, however. And usually we have a four-man team, but tonight it's a double duo of J.D. and, of course, his colleague, let's just say none other, the bad guy himself, the member of King Ice, if you will, Gerard T. Smith. And tonight, Gerard, you picked a great moment for us, so tell us what it is. I have picked 2004... Backlash. And this was quite an event. I remember missing this show because, as I said before, I was away with my family on a sabbatical at the time, however. But this, of course, was one of the most unique pay-per-views coming off of WrestleMania 20, as you know, a month before Madison Square Garden. And it was in, of all places, Gerard's home country of Canada and the western half of Canada in the city of Edmonton, if you will, at the legendary Rexall Place. Of course, the big story coming out of this, of course, going into backlash is what happened just less than a month before as uh, Gerard and my man, Chris Benoit, finally won the world's heavyweight title, beating Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat. But we also had some great matches on this card that were very unique and very... uh, Let's just say interesting in more ways than one. So uh, with that being said, we're now going to turn it over to the member of King Ice, if you will, my news partner, my colleague, my chum, my beer buddy, if you will, Gerard T. Smith, to give us his thoughts about Backlash and break down the car for us. So Gerard, the stage is yours, my friend. Well, thank you. Uh, I like Backlash. Uh, had great matches and uh, <clears throat> told great storylines. So we'll kick it off. I think this is the, because the first match, I think, is always the pre-match, I think, right? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my man, hello, ladies, versus Mad Hardy. Yes. A seven-minute, 56-minute match. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh... Give us your thoughts about your fellow countryman, Mr. Val Venus himself, taking on uh, Matt Hardy. I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, he got the win, so I was happy about that. Uh, anytime a Canadian gets a win, I'm pretty happy. Um, mm-hmm. I thought overall it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly, no question about it. And of course, it was a, a very unique match. Of course, as we told you, Matt Hardy, the year before, what he has been doing, needless to say, had done. At this point, however, Matt Hardy was kind of not into a feud yet with another fellow countryman by the name of Edge. However, but it would be just a matter of time till we saw that happen. All right, please continue. Gerard, are you there? Gerard? Hello, Gerard. Okay, I think Gerard just stepped out for a couple seconds. We'll hopefully have him back on the line here in just a second. As he said, he is sharing with us his thoughts too. Uh, for since this is his uh, pay-per-view to call tonight, however, it is Backlash 2004, and as we said, it was at the legendary uh, Rexall Place. However, again, the number is one seven two four. 444-7044, of course, caller number ID 139926. We'd like to, uh, again, acknowledge Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw is in the chat box tonight. Of course, tonight should be a great show. Do not forget, at 9 o'clock tonight, we will all be on the Revolution Roundtable where we'll be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw, also looking ahead to this week, which should be a very action-packed week, including uh, the upcoming WWE Network special this uh, Saturday night, Roadblock as they will be live up there in Canada, Gerard's home country, if you will, over there in the beautiful city of Toronto. 
It should be a very, very exciting show. And, of course, next week, WWE Raw will be in my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And one week from tonight, they will be in Cincinnati, Ohio, the home of the lunatic fringe Dean Ambrose, who will, of course, will be taking on Triple H this coming Saturday night in Toronto. Let's see if Gerard's back with us. Gerard, have you returned? Okay, he is still out and about, of course. Uh, Usually we have a four-man team on this show, but our two colleagues, uh, unfortunately one of them is uh, taking a personal night off, however, which is understandable, and that's our good friend, the big diesel, Gregory Kramer, and of course our other good friend, the lowdown man himself, Kendrick Smith, if you want. Gerard, I believe, is now back with us now. Gerard, have you returned? Okay, he's still not back with us, I don't think, unless he went to get something, and that's okay. We will have him back here relatively shortly. Um, as you know, WrestleMania is four weeks away now, coming up uh, live from the AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, if you will. And speaking of WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, they did announce earlier today, unless you did not hear the news, we'll talk about it again on Revolution tonight on the Newswire. Gerard and I will handle the news, of course, as we do always, the best double duo on the news desk. They have now announced WrestleMania 33 for April 2nd next year in Orlando, Florida. So those of you in the Orlando, Florida area, get ready. The Citrus Bowl, however, will be hosting once again the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. That will be coming up next April, ladies and gentlemen, as they plan to have a pretty good crowd on hand for that. But in the meantime, let's get through this year's WrestleMania because it's still less than four weeks away. Gerard, have you returned? Okay, however, um, that being said, let's uh, tell you also what happened, uh, mind you, um, last night, in case you were wondering, of course, last night, Raw was in Chicago, and uh, WWE did announce earlier today that the WWE will be returning to Chicago in the first day of May, if you will, they will be presenting, however, mind you, however, uh, like I said, however, they will be, uh, Back on May 1st, or coming up on May 1st, shall we say, at the All-State Arena for WWE Payback, as they will be returning there for the second time in a couple months. The first of two pay-per-views that are going to be shown during the month of May. The other one, of course, Extreme Rules in late May in New Jersey at the Presidential, excuse me, not the Presidential, the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Gerard, have you returned? Okay, he is still uh, out. However, we are checking in to see. Uh, Gerard might be having some phone issues, maybe, possibly. Uh, we're going to hope uh, that he will be returning relatively to the uh, show here in a couple minutes, or a couple seconds, uh, depending on uh, what's uh, the uh, technical issue, if you will. Um, we also want to send out a special congrats, of course, to Gerard's uh, Tag team partner, his other one, if you will, the lovely, lovely back, excuse me, Black Widow, Michelle Landauts, and her son Caleb, who this past weekend won every match but one during a very special tournament and for the season had a very good season in his, I believe, first full season of wrestling. So Michelle, uh, all of us here at the Wrestling Revisited show, and as well as Raw Radio and all of our other shows, want to send out congrats to you and Caleb for a job well done this past winter. Hopefully, he'll continue his work about the summer, and be ready to go again later on this coming year. Um, like I said, however, um, we are waiting to see if Gerard has returned, and uh, like I said, however, he is definitely a powerhouse. It's referring, as I mentioned, about Caleb. He is a very good kid, and we are extremely, extremely proud of our young and up-and-coming future generations here on all of our shows, and we would like to send our best. Gerard, I think, has finally returned. Gerard, have you returned? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, okay. We were just wondering where we were. Okay. Uh, we were now getting ready to talk about the show itself, so please uh, resume uh, what your thoughts about uh, this match and then go on to the opening match, if you will, please. All right. Um, Sheldon Benjamin versus Rick Flair in a 9-minute 20... 9-minute uh, 20... Nine second match. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh your thoughts about this match? Uh I thought it was pretty good. Uh Rick Flair, you know, being a veteran and Sheldon Benjamin being a like up and comer and pretty good. Sheldon Benjamin did get the win in that match, but uh it was a I liked the match. Mm-hmm. 
certainly. And uh, Benjamin, of course, was coming off that big win, if you remember, at WrestleMania. I believe him and Charlie Haas uh, took over. Actually, had a tough loss, I think. It was at WrestleMania against Los Guerreros, I believe. Or I believe it was Los Guerreros. Or I forget who they took on. But uh, they were a very unique team. Ric Flair, of course, teamed up with Batista to take on The Rock and saw connection of Mick Foley and The Rock. Uh, of course, we know Ric Flair's history, of course, in a lot of places, however. And uh, to see him put over a young guy like Sheldon Benjamin, uh, I thought it was a good match, too. I thought it was unique, interesting. And uh, like I said about Benjamin, it's just a shame uh, that these guys, I mean, they had their chances. I mean, they had a lot of uh, successful runs, if you will. But uh, most of the time, however, they were never given enough credit for being a decent team. And it's a shame because I thought these uh, team of Haas and Benjamin were very, very unique. And uh, Chad says, however, Sheldon with a big upset. It was indeed a big upset that night, however, when he defeated Ric Flair. I would have to agree with that. Okay, uh, continue, please. The third match. Yes. There's Jonathan Coachman with Garrison Cade versus Tajiri in a six-minute, 25 second match. Yes. And uh, please uh, give us your thoughts on this one. Um, I thought it was an okay match for Jonathan Coachman. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't a wrestler. He was just uh, more of a comic relief. Uh, yes. So to speak. Uh, Tajiri, yeah. I was always a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It uh, kind of Kind of, kind of irked me that, but it is what it is. <laughs> certainly, certainly. I would have to agree with that. Uh, Coach, as you know, had his issues over the years with certain guys like Hornswoggle, Tajiri at times. He was also a pretty decent uh, heelish announcer, if you will. I thought he always was pretty good in that role. Uh, Garrison K, we talked about him before, better known as Lance Cade, if you will. And Tajiri, I was a fan of his since ECW. I grew up watching him in ECW, and when he had battles with guys like Super Crazy and Nunzio, he, those three would always find a way to just tear each other apart. And when he got to the WWE, he even was pretty good in that Cruiserweight Division too, feuding with guys like Ray Jr., Chavo, Kidman, uh, Jimmy Wang Yang, Shannon Moore, uh, Ultimo Dragon, uh, a lot of big names, however. And it's just a shame he is not in the WWE anymore because I think if he would come back to WWE, I think he would be battling guys like maybe possibly AJ Styles, maybe Neville, uh, possibly Sami Zayn. I could see those type of guys really give Tajiri a run for his money. And um, it would be interesting to see if WWE would bring him back, but it, fortunately that's not the case here. He is, last I heard, I believe, still wrestling part-time here and there nowadays in Japan. Unfortunately, unless he got out of wrestling altogether, which is a shame. But uh, if you talk about a guy who just really found a way to just get boos and cheers at the same time, however, it was definitely without uh, question Tajiri. And uh, Chetty says Tajiri is the modern-day Muda. I would have to agree with that. I think he reminds you a lot of the great Muda in a lot of ways. His theme, his intro, his uh, style, if you will, that Japanese tough guy style. And like I said, I would also put it up there with the Ultimo Dragon and a couple other big cruiserweights, no question about it. Okay, uh, next match, please. Alrighty. Um, Y2J versus... Christian and Trish Stratus in a handicapped intergender match. 11 minutes and 12 seconds. All my Canadian people in one match. It was a Canadian overload. (laughs) Yes, it was. I would have to agree there. And uh, this stemmed after what happened at WrestleMania with Trish Stratus somehow went with Christian, and she one time was with Jericho at the time. She betrayed Jericho, if you remember, at WrestleMania the month before, and went with the creepy little you-know-what, as they called him at the time, CLB. Uh, this was definitely a Canadian overload, no question about it. Um, I thought this match was pretty good. I always liked these three together. However, they had great chemistry. And speaking of Jericho, we'll talk about him in just a uh, here later on, but uh, we'll get your thoughts here later on. But actually... 
we won't get your thoughts later on this. I'll ask you right now. What were your thoughts about Jericho uh, last night against AJ Styles in that uh, tag team matchup against your boys, The New Day, how he laid out AJ with three code breakers? Well, I'm probably the only person that loved it, but uh, mm-hmm. I love Chris Jericho as heel. I have to say it now. I really don't like him as babyface. I don't think that's where his talent is. His talent is heel. Mm-hmm. Can you remember when he came out, when he never talked for like three weeks or whatever? Yep, yep, or I do. Like that, he talked. He didn't talk for like, and everybody thought he was a face. He was a heel. It was so funny. Uh, I, yeah. I enjoy him better as a heel, but that's just me. Um, I kind of liked it. It sets up. I, I'm guessing. I'm hoping a match at a mania. Yeah, it looks like they're saying their final fun. But now the question is, what kind of match would you put in this time? They've already done enough. Or could you see maybe an Iron Man match? Could you see uh, false? I mean, they've already done. We've already got a false count anywhere. But could you see like an Iron Man match? Uh, um, what kind of match would you put it between these uh, two this time? Who do you see? I'd say well. Couldn't really do Iron Man because that'd be like an hour. I would do maybe, uh, maybe a thirty-minute Iron Man or something. Yeah, that would be good. I think that would be entertaining. I think a lot of fans would like that. I know I would, and I have to agree with you about last night. I mean, I mean, Grant well, Chad thinks it will be a last man standing, and that's not a bad idea. I like that suggestion. And he also said this was the debut of your member Tyson Tomko, the problem solver, in Christian's corner that night. That was uh, quite an interesting night when he made his debut. I forgot all about that. Um, but, yeah, I would have to agree a uh, 30-minute, half-minute Iron Man match would be good. A last man stand is not bad. You suggested by Chad, too, what he suggested. But um, I would have to agree with you about last night. I mean, there's times I like Jericho when he's the funny, smart-ass babyface, but he's more suited fantastically as a heel all the time. Fans hate him. They shit on him. They crap all over him. And you know what? I think last night for laying out OJ, a lot of people said they were not really uh, happy what he did. I mean, I have to disagree with you. I think it was fantastic. I think it was a really good way to do that. I thought that was one of the better matches of the night between him and uh, AJ teaming up to take on your boys, the New Day. I thought it was one of the better matches of the evening. And just the way the fans reacted after the match, just absolutely, to quote AJ Styles' nickname, phenomenal. Because it was phenomenal. I thought it was really, really well done. And I think the build-up is going to continue with these two. And uh, after this, I don't know where they go with both of these guys, but AJ Styles just continues to wow me every time out he's in the ring, and I think he's definitely catching fire quickly. Okay, speaking of fire, let's go back to the fire and uh, go into our next match, please. Alrighty then. Uh, <clears throat> Victoria versus one of my favorites, Lita, for the yep. WWE Women's Championship, seven minutes and 22 seconds. Certainly, certainly. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, I was I was a Victoria fan too, as well, but I was a Trish and Lita fan mm-hmm. in my heart. Yeah. So it was kind of sad that Lita didn't win. Yes. And, of course, Victoria was the champion. Of course, she had come off that big win the month before, defeating Molly Holly, and, of course, shaving her head in the process. Uh, sort of looking like Kurt Angle did at one point, however, with uh, a buzz cut, if you will, let's just say. And uh, we saw what happened there. Um, I was kind of, I mean, I liked Victoria in doses, however, but I didn't like her when she was in the right to censor. Or, not the right to censor, what was it? She was... Uh, and another gimmick that really was not all that great. I can't remember the name of it now. But as far as Lita goes, however, mind you, however, and Chad's making a good joke about this match. Puppies flying everywhere. Shane Victoria's no longer in WWE. I would have to agree. Last I heard, I think she owns a pizza joint down in Kentucky. It's uh, named after her real name. It's called, I believe, Veron's Pizzeria or something like that. I think it's out of Louisville or maybe Lexington, Kentucky, near the University of Kentucky, or right in the heart of uh, Louisville. Let's just say I'm not really sure. Um, as far as Lita goes, what can you say about her? A true warrior, how a true uh, pioneer in Team Extreme, uh, one of the great divas of all time, and certainly a Hall of Famer without question. Uh, she just 
was amazing to watch. Her. I mean, she had the uncanny ability to take out guys when she could. She was the true. She just took no guff. Let's just say. I mean, she was great as a Hardy's manager, but as a diva overall and a singles person, she could battle the greats like Trish and uh, Mickey James and uh, who else am I thinking? Candice Michelle. Just to mention a few. So certainly uh, she held her own here, I thought. And uh, Chad says, one, two, three, pizza. I think we all win with some pizza there, Chad, to say the least. Uh, Very good observation there, sir. Okay, Gerard, please continue. Randy Orton versus Cactus Jack. Hardcore match for the WWE. Intercontinental Championship. This was a brutal match. It lasted 23 minutes and 3 seconds. Man, was this a brutal, brutal match. It was. I'll tell you what, however, I remember watching this match on Randy's DVD and Mixed DVD a while back, especially Randy's DVD. I mean, you're right. I mean, this stems off of what Randy did starting the year before by uh, disgracing the legends, if you will, like Jake the Snake Roberts and all that. But then he joined up with Evolution, Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista. Of course, we saw what he did the month before at WrestleMania by uh, teaming up with Ric Flair to defeat Mick Foley and Rock in a tag team match. Uh, This time, however, Mick Foley demanded one more decent match out of the Viper, however, and show at least some respect. Well, I think that night, however, Randy Orton maybe earned Mick's respect, and in turn, however, mind you, uh, to say the least, however, Chad said it best, however, they got completely extreme. No question, I would agree. This was a phenomenal war. I mean, there were times you just had to turn away because it was so graphic in play, especially with the barbed wire across the head of Randy where Mick just literally split him open and he was bleeding buckets of blood. I mean, it almost reminded you of Race and Flair from Starcade 83. That's how I would describe this. Or like Tommy Dreamer and Raven. I mean, these two just tore each other all over the Rexall arena and just absolutely the fans, when it was all said and done, had to give these guys a standing ovation because they just absolutely beat the holy bejesus out of each other. So, I would say this was one of the better matches and one of the better uh, programs of that time, however, because these guys really found a way to just one-up each other, or at least found a way to mesh with each other. Would you agree with that, Gerard? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, indeed. Uh, very good match, no question about it. I'd say it's one of the better matches of the evening, hands down. Okay, uh, let's go on to our next one. The Hurricane and Rosie Versus the La Resistance, Robert Conway, and so, you know who they were. Sylvain Grenier. Yeah, that's it. Uh, match, five minutes and two seconds was the match. Yes, yes. Your thoughts about this one? Well, <clears throat> I thought it was a pretty good match, and... Uh, Rosie and them won the match, and uh, that was all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Hurricane and Rosie were a decent duo. I mean, we know Rosie had a nickname at the time, and it was not even PG-rated at the time. Well, it was kind of PG-rated, but it kind of wasn't. Uh, Conway and Grenier were a pretty good team, I thought. They reminded me a lot when I watched them of Jacques and Raymond Rougeau, the Rougeau brothers of the 80s, because they just had the cockiness and the arrogance, however. And... Uh, Right now, however, mind you, Chad said it best. Uh, Rosie's nickname at the time dominated the Frenchies. I would agree. Uh, but like I said, I think Conway and Grenier were a decent team, even though they didn't get much cheers from the fans. They reminded you of the Rougeos, however. They were that arrogant, cockiness-type guys, however, that just found a way to get heat wherever they went. And I think they were one of the most underrated teams at the time in the company. I really do. And I think they won the belts a few times, if I remember. Um, I think... Like I said, they were around for a while. Um, looking at their record right now, they actually they were champions four times, believe it or not, three times overall. And then Grenier teamed up with Rene Dupree one other time. So uh, they won a total of four straight tag team titles. So when you talk about a great team, however, that uh, really found a way to be exposed at the time, find a way to get uh, on the map, it was definitely law resistance. And I would put them up at that time against any other team in the company because they were that good of a team. Okay, uh, let's go on to our semi-main event now. 
Edge versus Kane in a six-minute, 25-second matchup. Yes. I thought it was a pretty good match. They had a good storyline going on. Uh, it was pretty uh, brutal, and uh, I like how it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, Edge was not quite the uh, rated R superstar as he would be just yet, however. But uh, this was a unique match, however, because, uh, like you said, however, uh, these two really did well with each other and found a way to uh, just mesh with each other. Of course, Kane would go on to bigger things, and so would uh Edge, as we saw, however, of course, Edge, a few, yeah, I think it was a couple years later, yeah, it was a few years later, would win the title for the first time by cashing in money in the bank, and of course, Kane would go on to do his thing as well, and uh, Chad tells us that Edge was pretty impressive, I would have to agree there as well. All right, and now we're on to the main event, ladies and gentlemen, and Gerard will tell us what that main event was. The main event was a Ripple threat match for the W or the World Heavyweight Championship. It was 30 minutes and 12 seconds. It was with Chris Benoit versus Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. Yes. Yes. It was a great match. Um, it was kind of a brutal match where they're beating the crap out of each other. And uh, I like that Chris Benoit came out on top. Mm-hmm. So I would agree there. And uh, at the time, as we mentioned, how Chris Benoit had just won the title less than a month before in Madison Square Garden by defeating both Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Of course, uh, all three of them busting their butts again. Of course, we saw what happened at WrestleMania as they went 20, I believe 27 minutes and change. Let me hear. I'm just check my notes here to be sure. I'm looking at it right now. They went uh, 25 minutes, so I was close. And then, of course, they would go on one month later, however, following this, uh, to be uh, facing each other one more time at, uh, mind you, however, at Backlash. And Chad said they were more brutal in this one than the 20-minute encounter at Mania 20. I would agree. I would agree, certainly. Uh, It was very interesting, of course. Uh, The theme... uh, for this was escape the rules. I think on this night, however, this one and of course the Orn matchup, there were no rules, uh, and they were lucky to get out and escape with their dignity and attack both Orn and Benoit. I should say after some hellacious battles there. Um, overall, however, uh, it was interesting what happened. Following this, of course, we would see what happened a month later. Uh, we would have Judgment Day in. Los Angeles, of course, Benoit was not on this show, oddly enough. Benoit would not go on to uh, be, let's just say here, I'm looking at it right now, Benoit would not be in action until two months later, however, following this pay-per-view. Triple H and Shawn Michaels would continue their feud, however, going into Bad Blood, in which was a very physical war at Hell in a Cell that lasted three quarters of an hour, one of the, uh, the most exciting Hell in a Cell matches in recent memory, but of course they would not be at Judgment Day here. Uh, a month later in Los Angeles, they would unfortunately go at it one more time. However, this time in June in uh, Columbus, Ohio at Bad Blood. And as a result, the two of them would literally battle, as I said, for about 45 to 50 minutes and literally beat the holy snot out of each other, let's just say. Uh, having said that, uh, that is our uh, final uh, match encounter. Uh, that being <laughs> Uh, here as far as, uh, what was I going to say, as far as Backlash uh, 04. Uh, let's get your thoughts, uh, Gerard, on a scale of 1 to 10. What would you say this uh, pay-per-view in general was? An 8.5. An 8.5. Chad gives it a 10. And I'm going to give it an 8. I thought there were some good matches that came out of it. Uh, the Orton match certainly was fantastic. I thought the main event was really good. Uh, the one match I was kind of hesitant on a little bit, and I thought that could have been a little bit better, I think, was the tag team match going only five minutes long. So those are my thoughts. Okay, uh, since we got another half hour to kill, and I um, gave some news earlier, we'll talk about it again here in a second. But before we do, let's give you the number, one seven two four 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 seventy four. For however, caller ID one three nine nine two six. This is episode 17. We're here in each every... Um, 
Tuesday night from 7 to 8, and then, of course, from 9 to 11 with Wrestling Revolution. should be a great show tonight. We've got a very exciting tag team matchup coming up tonight, which should be a fantastic match. Uh, Gerard, as I was mentioning before you came back on a little bit ago, uh, they did announce today that they have now picked the date for WrestleMania 33. It'll be April 2nd next year at the Citrus Bowl. Excuse me. Yes, April 2nd, it'll be at the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida, as they could be expecting a big crowd on hand uh, there in more ways than one. Uh, give us your thoughts about the big announcement today that Orlando will be hosting WrestleMania 33. Oh, it's about time that they do. Yes. I know they said they were going to be redoing that whole stadium, however, make it bigger. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there, obviously. Uh, I could see a big crowd on hand, like 85, 86, maybe 90,000, possibly. It depends. Uh, we'll see what happens, however, uh, mind you. But uh, at this point, however, we'll have to wait and see. Um, another thing that we're uh, definitely keeping an eye on, and uh, again, some of, these, some of these stories we'll talk about again on The Wire tonight, but we're giving you our early thoughts, however, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, however, mind you, uh, we now have an update on the Jimmy Snooker trial as of today. And this is what I just heard a little while ago. It appears that we will not be seeing his trial commence anytime soon. PW Insider reports that the trial is once again delayed after hearing regarding his mental competency was pushed to the end of May. At the time, the delay of the hearing is in order to allow the mental health experts examining him to determine his competency, including whether he understands the charges against him and whether or not he can stand trial. As of now, his lawyer is claiming that the Hall of Famer has post-concussion dementia and also uh, just not remembering who he is. Uh, Gerard, once again, very sad news about Jimmy Schnucka here, and it looks like it's not getting any better. Yeah, uh, I say just leave the man alone. Let him uh, let him go peacefully. Uh, he doesn't need all this uh, <clears throat> stuff. Um, if he's like having that much trouble right now. The last thing he needs is a trial from 35 years or 32 years ago. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. Yep, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that. And of course, speaking of trials, of course, earlier today, Hulk Hogan was back on the witness stand for his big trial against Gawker uh, earlier today. Of course, uh, the plaintiffs. Uh, let's just say he, of course, the opening statements, however, were uh, basically he was asked a lot of questions on the stand the last couple of days, and it's been. Very interesting to say, at least earlier today, however, a juror asked for a clarification of the time between the release of the still photos and the publication of his so-called video. Uh, they did call a former staffer of the Bob of the Love Sponge show, David Rice, today, and they said that he read a deposition he had previously given at the time. He told that, uh, basically explained that it saw the camera that filmed the Hogan, Heather Clem for Bubba, and that the camera had to be turned on to record, and the blank DVD had to be placed into a recorder, and uh, record had to be pressed on the machine. He then also learned about the Hogan, Heather tape after leaving Bubba's, Bubba's, Bubba's show excuse me, when the Dredge report linked to the Gawker video. The next witness was from a Tony Byrne who contacted Gawker.com, A.J. Delar, offering him the tape, Delaro, of course, is the author of the story that accompanied the video clip Scalker published. Bufferman is a talent agent. He said that his client knew someone who had the tape. He said he did not ask for money from Delaro in exchange for the tape, nor did he instruct him what to do with the tape. Uh, Gerard, it seems like more and more it's getting to become a big circus more and more in the uh, courtroom this week as far as the Hogan trial goes. Yeah, that's all I think you're going to get out of this is just a big circus because there's Hogan. Uh, Hogan's name's linked to it. I bet you if there's anybody else's name linked to it, it wouldn't go anywhere. It's because Hogan's name's linked to it, so they're going to try to suck as much uh, out of it they can. They're going to ride this little circus until the end. I hope Hogan gets out of it without, you know, without his, uh, you know, without his uh, mm-hmm. Certainly. personality and everything tarnished because, because of this. Oh, uh, I have a message from Chad. Chad said, there will be a surprise revealed on Revolution tonight concerning Revolution Reborn. Oh, okay. So there you have it, folks. Uh, Very interesting uh, news coming in just now into the wire, however, 
I'm our own Mr. WCW Chad Hinson. I'm going to thank my news partner there, King Ice, if you will, bringing in the news, however. Uh, we heard also today, believe it or not, that John Cena has not been cleared yet as far as WrestleMania 32 goes. Uh, we do not know when he will return, but I'm going to ask you, Gerard, when do you think we'll see him back in the WWE? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think any of these guys that are injured, <clears throat> like uh, Cena... Orton, Rollins, they shouldn't hurry back because, uh, you know, we've seen this, I think, before they hurry back and then they get injured again. So, uh, yeah, there's no rush. Uh, I hate to say it, but I don't miss Cena. Yeah, I, I would agree there. I, I don't either. I know you miss Rollins. I do, too. I miss Cesaro especially. I think Cesaro has got to come back soon and uh, get into some feud either with guys like maybe Sami Zayn or possibly someone like Ambrose. I think it would be fantastic to see something like that happen. And uh, maybe they'll do something like that. I don't really know, but we'll see. Um, another story that we're following, of course, is the Hall of Fame, of course, Last night we heard right before Raw Radio, if you will, or we announced it on Raw Radio, I should say, excuse me, Howard, and Chad says, Howard, never rush an injury, I missed them all, I kind of agree with him about the missing, never rush an injury, I think that, I think that's definitely what we're all saying here, I think we're exactly hitting the nail on the head, all of us are saying the same thing, I think that's agreed there, as far as missing them all, I don't miss them all personally, as far as Cena goes, I don't miss him that much, but Cesaro and Rollins, yeah, I do miss them, however, because I think WWE needs to get better in the range, of course, last night they did a 2.6 rating, last week they did a 2.63, so, unfortunately, they didn't do much last night to uh, really improve, let's just say they went down just a little bit, however, but hopefully next week, with them being in, uh, Pittsburgh, however, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, another thing, speaking of the WWE, how we're going to talk about, of course, is the big uh, roadblock pay-per-view coming up this uh, Saturday night there on the WWE Network there in Toronto. Uh, only three matches have been listed so far. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about the roadblock pay-per-view? Well, I hope it turns out good because it would be a good reflection on Toronto. Yes. Uh, uh, I think it'll be pretty good um it's set up almost i think like a pay-per-view i guess because mm. there is no pay-per-view in march because of wrestlemania yes so i'm guessing this is our pay-per-view i'm getting i, I tried to find out it doesn't say how, how long is it running like two hours or i think it's two hours yeah and and the matches i've heard so far however i mean there's only three that have been listed uh dash and dawson versus Cass and uh enzo amore uh, we know about Brock and Bray Wyatt, and we know that Triple H and Dean are on the card. We don't know who uh, else is on the card. I imagine they'll maybe announce another couple matches, maybe tonight at the SmackDown tapings, maybe uh, in Milwaukee, which is where the show is this evening. And if not, I imagine they'll wait till Saturday, however, maybe early in the day to announce a couple matches, or maybe we'll see them on the uh, network show. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Chad thinks it should be a good one. I kind of agree. I hope it is. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see Roman Reigns maybe return this week, possibly, or they'll wait till next Monday in Pittsburgh to bring him back because he's been off TV the last few weeks. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it should be very, very interesting. I know one thing that they are talking about maybe announcing on that show, and it could be a match to be announced uh, for WrestleMania, is the big feud uh, between uh, Kevin Owens, if you will, your boy, and my boy, Sami Zayn, however, last night we kind of saw them uh, get it on with each other after what happened in that Neville Owens opener. Yeah, uh, I think we, I think me and you said, or somebody said, uh, no, I think I, I. You did, I think it was you, yeah, it was you said. Yeah, it, it was me, yes. It's it definitely was you. Me. Yes, it was you. Me, you were, you were the, uh, you were the, uh, what was it, uh, what Vince used to say back in the day with the, uh, uh, the 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 when it was the Undertaker and the uh, whole ministry, it was me all along, Austin. I was yeah, the higher power. It was you were the higher yeah, power. You were the higher long. power. Face. You were the. It's uh when his face when he revealed that it was so funny. Uh, oh yes. Yeah, Sami Zayn. Uh, well, of course, uh, like me, he's from Canada uh, as well. Um, uh, he's gonna going to bring something to the table he's always uh, has um and this feud like i said before they've been feuding for 
probably their whole career. Yeah. They go they go back to like places like uh Ring of Honor, I believe, in Japan and Europe and Canada and Mexico, I think. Yeah. And I just told Chet, I think these guys could go fifteen, twenty minutes and steal the show if they put the IC title on the line. I think those guys maybe even longer and Chad says I would agree to that. But I think those two with the chemistry they have with each other could really give Dallas a lot of people excitement. It depends on what they're gonna do, however, uh with uh because I think they're gonna make Nakamore it depends on what Nakamore would say and how much time they give it the night before Mania too, because I mean as you know, Nakamore will be making his uh, NXT debut two nights before in Dallas at the NXT Dallas show. And uh there's already talk about uh talking about Nakamore. They might bring him and Finn Balor into Mania, maybe possibly that Sunday or maybe the Monday night following WrestleMania, if you will. However, they're already talking about Samoa Joe winning the NXT title off of uh, Finn Balor after what happened back in December in London. So, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see, but uh, we're definitely going to keep our eyes and ears peeled. I mean, as you know, we'll be talking about in the next few weeks, of course, uh, what we think uh, we'll be looking ahead from it going into WrestleMania. And then, uh, we'll give you our thoughts uh, in a couple of weeks, what we think might happen after WrestleMania. So uh, stay tuned, folks. It's going to be very interesting. Now, for you movie buffs out there, like Chad, myself, and Gerard, and everyone else out there, they announced today earlier the MTV, uh, let's just say, movie awards, however, have been announced. And Star Wars is up for 11 awards, believe it or not, and it will be hosted on April 10 by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Kevin Hart, who will be coming out with a movie together this year. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about Star Wars up for 11 awards here? Well, they should be, damn it. Yes. Yes. And uh, speaking of Kevin Hart, he is up actually for an award for Best Comedic Performance in competition with Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, Rebel Wilson, and Amy Schumer. As far as The Rock goes, he is up for a couple awards. Uh, Best Action Performance in competition with Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence, Ryan Reynolds, and Ben Diesel. And also, however, for Best Hero with Chris Evans, Jennifer Lawrence, Paul Rudd, and Charlize Steren. So uh, it looks like both of these guys are going to have quite a night ahead of them at the uh, movie awards, if you will, let's just say, uh, coming up here in less than three weeks from now. Now, um, talking about uh, Raw last night, we kind of mentioned uh, we the guy one of the guys we mentioned was Brock Lesnar. Uh, Bray Wyatt, we understand earlier today, spoke with Billy Voice about uh, facing him. However, mind you, however, uh, he said as far as his like I said, however, his thoughts, however, about uh, facing Brock for the first time, he was quoted saying this. Um, let me get the quote here. Um, just saw it a second ago, so bear with me here, folks. Um, where is it? I uh, just had it. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it, so bear with me. I know, however, he's uh, kind of disappointed, however, that it's not at WrestleMania, but he did say, I would rather do this at WrestleMania. Then again, you don't know what I'm going to do at Mania. It's still an open-end game for me. Like I said, I had to beat Brock Lesnar right before Mania. You should be kind, some kind of high place or spot. You know, I view myself as a high... Uh, place player. I'm a serious player in this game, and I intend to keep that. Uh, and as far as Roblox goes, this is what he says. I've never faced Brock before. One of the few I haven't danced with, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Each individual battle you go with, however, you have to handle them in a precise manner. And I've faced the best. Taker, John Cena, Jericho, and Brock is different than them all. Brock is the beast. Even though I haven't competed against him just one-on-one circumstances, I've been in there with him, and I know exactly what he's capable of. We're talking about a very dangerous individual. But on the flip side of that, I like to believe I'm a dangerous individual, too. I'm someone that he wouldn't see on a daily basis because I've got some things that come out of my brain that no one else does. So I think that me and Brock is a very big matchup. And if I do get this win, if I do go in there and beat Brock right before Mania, I would think it would do wonders for my crew. So it's a big moment for me, and I'm ready. Uh, your thoughts about the comments by Mr. Bray Wyatt there, uh, Gerard? Uh, right to point, I think. Uh, he says what he means, and uh, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, these guys could go 20-25 minutes, and do you think Brock will win, or do you think Bray's going to pull off the upset here? Going to WrestleMania, I think Brock has... Well, you know, uh, it's kind of... Bray kind of needs kind of needs wins here. Um, but how do you do... Well, Brock's been in the business 
I say you let. Yeah, see, that's that's the kicker. See, because yeah. Brock's going to WrestleMania. Sure. He kind of needs to win, and then. Uh, but Bray, I think you or somebody said, I think no, it was you that said mm-hmm. that Bray hasn't been getting very many wins on pay per views or any right. wins at all. That I did, yes, and I think I think I mean I still stand by that. I mean, granted, Brock's got a big day with Dean Howard, and I I think he could afford a loss here because I think they need to get behind Brock to do or Bray to do something. I think Bray needs this win. I think Bray will beat him. I just have a funny feeling telling me maybe this week, however, that Bray could beat him. So uh, it's going to be a great match, no question about Saturday night in Toronto, Howard. It's going to be a very physical match, no no pun intended. I think these guys will literally tear each other limb from limb, however. And it's going to be quite a battle, if you will. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, so we will definitely keep our eyes peeled. And we'll definitely be talking about next week, however, on uh, Raw Radio, if you will. Um, speaking of which, next Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, for you NXT fans out there, they will be coming out with the very first volume of NXT, The Greatest Moments of NXT from the past up till now. Uh, see your favorite superstars such as Paige, Charlotte, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, uh, Samoa Joe, Charlotte, however, uh, who else? Kevin Owens, uh, Adrian Neville, and so much more. I mean, this is going to be a doozy of a DVD, and I am very much looking forward to uh, seeing it uh, come out in more ways than one. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about this DVD? Yeah, it'd be uh, very good. Certainly, certainly no question about it. And I saw something today also that's going to really put a smile on your face, and I know our good friend Gregory Kramer's face. Uh, they have now listed the full content listing for the Eric Bischoff DVD, believe it or not. However, it will be an 18-chapter, 15-story documentary, believe it or not. And he has quite a bit. In fact, they show uh, his top 10 controversial moments from last year and also the two-part interview, I believe. I don't know if it's going to be on Blu-ray or regular DVD of Bischoff, but they also... Uh, so some old clips of him uh, talking about certain things, including um, firing Randy Anderson, uh, a couple matches of uh, him in action, including his battle with Larry Sabisco, challenging Vince to a fight, named GM of Raw, being the minister at Billy and Chuck's wedding, fighting uh, Stone Cold in a skybox, and also the so-called trial of him, and some of the Blu-ray exclusives include him interviewing Larry Sabisco, Colonel De Beers, the Steiners, Sergeant Sergeant Baron Von Ratchke, Kevin Nash and Harley Race, Austin and Medusa, the Fabulous Freebirds uh, offices. Uh, he also, uh, let's see what else, he uh, meets the Great One, uh, Stone Cold Sons Bischoff, however. Uh, he also takes on Vince McMahon, where uh, Austin's the referee in February of 2004, uh, they do show a non-footage that was never televised between him getting stunned by Austin. Uh, also, his matchup with Eugene, where he got his head shaved. So certainly a lot of great stories here and a lot of excitement coming out on the uh, Eric Bischoff DVD. This one should be a doozy of a DVD to uh, add to your library, and that will be coming out on June 7th, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering. So, uh, Gerard, I imagine you'll be getting that one probably. Uh, probably, yeah. Eric Bischoff's always been in, uh, always been up there high on my uh, list. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to uh, battles, however, I mean, he certainly uh, had his moments, if you will, however, both on and off camera. I mean, for the longest time, he was sort of like the Axel Foley of the WCW, if you will, where he could run free reign and just never find a way to, uh, well, he always found a way to get in trouble, let's just say, but there were times, however, he had people bailing him out of trouble, however, whether it was Ted Turner or other people, but after a while, however, that kind of changed, however, and that's why he uh, got out of the game, so to speak, however, as far as wrestling for a while goes, and let someone else run the ship, and, well, as a result, we saw what happened, that was WCW sinking down uh, in more ways than one, and as a result, being put out of business. Uh, I would say the moment that did it, and I think maybe Gerard will agree with me on this, was the night uh, he announced that Mick Foley won the title on Raw. However, he was told, of course, actually he did tell Tony Schiavone to go out there and uh, basically blab it out on air, however, that Mick Foley was going to be their world champion. However, and with a smart remark, Tony said, oh, that put butts in seats. Uh, a lot of people this day still say that was the moment that really changed the whole Monday Night War landscape and really swung the pendulum back into WWE's favor and pretty much 
stayed there for quite a while, even though WCW tried to keep fighting and fighting WCW help. WWE, they just couldn't do it. Uh, Gerard, would you agree with that? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, he thought he did that to, to get them ratings, but it backfired. It bit him in the ass, and WWE uh, e got mm-hmm. the ratings that night. Mm-hmm, certainly. And uh, another thing that was interesting at the time, as I mentioned, of course, uh, is when Vince Russo took over. You know, I think when Vince Russo came in the fall of 1999, however, to WCW, however, and left WCW, however, I think a lot of people weren't sure what he was going to do. They thought he was going to bring his kind of WWE television, if you will, however, uh, to the uh, forefront, if you will, from Vince McMahon. He wasn't there long. He was only there three months, of course. Uh, mind you, then, of course, he got fired. He was sent home. Then, of course, Kevin Sullivan, Bill Bush, J.J. Dillon, and all those guys came in, sort of running the show their way. Unfortunately, they didn't do much, however. They lost a lot of guys uh, due to injury and just leaving in general, including Chris Benoit, Guerrero, Malenko, and Saturn, who jumped ship, if you will, and pretty much sank the WCW's uh, big uh, multi-million uh, dollar yacht, if you will, however, into the water, however, and when Russo and Bischoff came back, they thought, oh, maybe we can work together. Maybe we can come to a compromise, however, and try to work on the same page together. And it looked like at first it was going to work, but then, of course, we saw what happened, and that's when Hulk Hogan and some of the older veterans like Luger, Flair, DDP, Sting took control and said, hey, you've got about us. We've been here the longest tower. We don't want to put these younger guys or like the Kidmans, the uh, Y2Js, the Benoits, the Chavo Guerreros. We're just getting tired of having these guys just whine and bitch and piss and moan about us tower all the time. Howard. And if they don't like it, Howard, they can uh, either get out while they can Howard, or they just get out, and like I said, just get out of the company in general or just get out of wrestling altogether because uh, this is our time still. This isn't their time. So this was uh, very interesting, and I'd say the final uh, nail in the coffin, so to speak, and I think this was the final nail that pretty much sealed WCW's fate was probably around, I want to say probably late July, early August, of two, early August of 2000. That's when Hogan left because uh, – even though Booker T was just named new champion by Vince Russo, Hogan and his ego, however, in which Vince Russo details about it quite a bit, however, and has talked about it. We've seen interviews about this in the past, however. I think WCW, however, just realized, however, they thought, yeah, we'll make Booker our champion, however, and maybe he'll uh, help us uh, lift ourselves out of the doldrums, so to speak, like uh, Scott Steiner will challenge him or any other guy will give him a challenge and see what he's capable of. But at the same time, we just uh, can't stay on par anymore with like WWE, and I think that was pretty much the final nail, so to speak, in their coffin. Uh, Gerard, would you agree or disagree with that thought? I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. Well, folks, uh, it has been a very good night, as always, here on Revolution. And as uh, why do I say Revolution? Wrestling <laughs> Reeves is a doing. I'm sure where my brain is, however, and what time it is, however, but we will be back here in just a little while, however, with Revolution, however. Uh, of course, next week, of course, we have another moment for you. Of course, we want to thank Gerard uh, for bringing a great moment into the panel tonight. It was a very, very good moment, certainly, no question about it, as we took you back to 2004 to the Backlash pay-per-view, if you will, which was a very interesting time in WWE history. Of course, you can listen to all of our shows as they are archived each and every week here. Uh, again, the number is 1724-444-7444-139926. Of course, this is King Ice speaking to you live tonight. Usually we have Big Diesel Gregory Kramer, of course, and the Lowdown Man himself, Kendrick Smith, joining us. But tonight they are uh, off on doing their different adventures, if you will. Kendrick, of course, uh, I imagine is very tied up for the evening and hopefully will be joining us here either tonight or later this week on uh, uh, Revolution or Wolfpack Radio. Of course, uh, Drake is taking the night off due to a personal issue, so we just want to just say to Greg and, uh, of course, Kendrick, hello uh, from all of us here at uh, Wrestling Revisited. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget you can listen to Gerard as well on Raw Radio each and every Monday and Saturday nights. You can join him and Michelle Lindodds, the Black Widow, his lovely, lovely sister Paula Heyman, if you will, one three eight nine eight two at nine o'clock and till eleven o'clock each and every Saturday night. And I know this week they'll be talking about the uh, big uh, 
pay-per-view that is going on in Canada this week. They'll also be uh, previewing Raw Radio for us and giving us uh, their thoughts uh, from the past week of Raw as well. SmackDown, NXT, and also uh, who knows what else will be on the table this Saturday night. Uh, Friday night should be a great show, of course. We'll be uh, be on, uh, as we said, with Revolution. You can listen to us each and every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, one three eight five two one pounds We are on from 9 to 11, 11.30 usually. And then, of course, one three eight. 8055 is uh, actually Revolution. My mistake. Wolfpack is 138521. That is on Thursday night, if you will. And uh, Revolution is 138055, of course. Then on Mondays, you can join Gerard, myself, Kendrick, Gregory Kramer, Fonzie, the newest member of our radio team. And who else will stop by, however, mind you? Uh, on Raw Radio, we're there every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5, 5 30 p.m. Of course, the last a couple weeks ago, we want to thank, we had a very special guest join us on the panel, uh, Mr. Gary Michael Capetta, if you will. Of course, this week, we understand we could be getting a big-name guest joining Raw Radio as I am in negotiations as we speak with another top-notch guest. We could be having uh, Mr. Rob Feinstein, the president of RF Video, be joining us live this Monday to weigh in with his thoughts about the world of wrestling, so he might be swinging by this uh, Monday. That should be very interesting. Um, with that being said, uh, I'm going to turn it over now to Gerard. Uh, have any closing thoughts or if anything wants to add? So, Gerard, go ahead, my man. I think I've said enough here. Let's uh, turn it back to you as we uh, wrap it up here. I have nothing else to say. You will see me in an hour. All right, folks. And I think that sounds like a plan as well. Uh, so, yes, you will see the double duo, if you will. Of course, the Outsiders, Big Daddy Cool, and the medium-sized man here. In an hour, we will be talking again about uh, some of the big stories that have been gracing the newswire throughout the day here. We will also uh, give you our raw thoughts. We also hope to have Gerard's sister, the Black Widow, on Michelle Lynn Dodds. We'll also have Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, and who knows who else will swing by later on tonight. So be sure to join us, as Gerard said, ladies and gentlemen, in less than an hour. We will be back, however, in the saddle again next Tuesday night, same time, same place, but we will be back in less than an hour with Revolution Radio. We hope you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday night. We want to thank you for listening to us, and we will check you in the ring, mind you, very, very soon. So until later on, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Iceman, along with Big Daddy Cool, King GTS, Jorty Smith, Mr. Bad Guy himself, saying so long. We'll check you in the ring very soon, and thank you for listening to us tonight. We'll talk to you again very soon. Have a good night, everyone.